Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship on this, the first Sunday in Lent. Welcome to those here in the sanctuary and to those who are joining us online. Let us worship God. We sing the hymn 120 to the tune Ode to Joy. God, we praise you. God, we bless you. The call to prayer comes from Psalm 91. He who lives in the shelter of the Most High, who lodges under the shadow of the Almighty, says of the Lord, He is my refuge and fortress, my God, in whom I put my trust. Let us pray. Almighty God, in awe and wonder, we praise you for coming to us in Christ, for walking this earth before us, and for sharing our humanity. We marvel that giving up the glory and splendor of heaven, you experience life as it really is, and we rejoice that trusting in you 
our refuge and fortress, we can rest secure in your unfailing love and tender care. Lord God and mighty King, when we call to you, you hear us. When we wander from you, you seek us out. As we enter the season of Lent, let us set aside time to reflect on all you have done for us. And may we draw strength from the example of Jesus, who, though tempted in the wilderness, did not yield, but stayed true to you, the one who does not abandon us in our time of testing. Almighty God, forgive us for not trusting you as fully as we should. Erase from your mind those times when we have failed to take up our cross and followed in the footsteps of Jesus, and grant that learning from him, we may commit ourselves more fully to you, the one enthroned in glory, yet ever present with us. Lord God, because of your great love, we shall not be put to shame. Unmask the poverty of our goals and longings. Expose the cheap values that parade as virtues. And through our repentance, renew and restore us, that we may truly serve you and be as you would have us be. These things we humbly ask in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. And together, as the one people, we say the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. There will be a further time of fellowship in the parish halls following the service. Please do come along if you can. It would be good to see you there. As has been previously intimated, we're exploring the possibility of having a choir to lead the praise and perhaps sing an anthem on Easter Day. People with some music reading experience and previous choral experience would be very welcome. If you fall into this category, please do meet with me and Tony following the service this morning. The second in a series of Bible studies for Lent will be held on Thursday at seven o'clock here in the church. The studies are very relaxed and informal, and we're joined by friends from Holyrood Viewfield and Park Church and elsewhere. You'll be very welcome, Thursday at seven o'clock. The Sunday Club will resume next Sunday, and the Tuesday group will meet in the parish halls a week on Tuesday, the 27th, at two o'clock, and all will be welcome. The local Taisy group will be holding a service in Holy Trinity Church in Dumbarton Road this coming Friday at half past seven. It's an ecumenical service and everyone will be welcome. So that's the local Taisy group service in Holy Trinity Church this Friday at half past seven. And finally, we're looking for volunteers to help with Easter Code. That's a school program that will run on the morning and afternoon of Friday the 22nd of March and Monday the 25th of March and the morning of Tuesday the 26th of March. There are three programs that were involved with, with senior pupils in the primary schools, the Allen School and St Ninian's Primary and Borstone Primary. The one at Christmas is called Bubblegum and Fluff and Easter is Easter Code, and then at Pentecost, it's Popcorn and Cake. At least I think that's what it's called. Yes, it is. And it enables 
some of us from the church to have these primary six or primary seven pupils, and we share with them the Christian experience of Christmas and Easter and Pentecost. It's great fun. So if you would like to know a wee bit more, please speak to Frida Smart or Margaret Sibold there. Okay, and I do ask you to pray for the work with the young people. And it's very reassuring that though nowadays within our own denomination there's not so many children coming along to church, we do have contact with children through programs such as Easter Code, and of course I'm in the schools as well as chaplain, and that's a great joy and privilege. Now we're going to sing a hymn, I think it will be a new one for the vast majority of us, and Tony has kindly suggested that he'll give us a full introduction, and then we'll sing this hymn, hymn 501, Take this moment, sign and space. morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the book of Psalms, Psalm 25 verses 1 to 10, which can be found at page 464 in the Pew Bible, Psalm 25. Lord my God, to you I lift my heart, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. No one whose hope is in you is put to shame. But shame comes to all who break faith without cause. Make your path known to me, Lord. Teach me your ways. Lead me by your faithfulness 
and teach me, for you are God my Saviour. In you I put my hope all day long. Remember, Lord, your tender care and love unfailing, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins and offences of my youth, but remember me in your unfailing love, in accordance with your goodness, Lord. The Lord is good and upright, therefore he teaches sinners the way they should go. He guides the humble in right conduct and teaches them his way. All the paths of the Lord are loving and sure to those who keep his covenant and his solemn charge. The New Testament reading is from Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. Mark chapter, Mark chapter 1, and can be found on page 29 of the New Testament. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee when he saw Simon and his brother at work casting nets in the lake. Sorry, I've started at the wrong verse. Sorry, verse 9, yes, sorry. Um, it was at this time that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptised in the Jordan by John. As he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens break open and the Spirit descend upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I take delight. At once the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and there he remained for forty days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts, and angels attended to his needs. After John had been arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. The time has arrived. The kingdom of God is upon you. Repent and believe the gospel. Amen. Thank you, Margaret. We sing the hymn 354. Hymn 354. O love, how deep, how broad. How high.
Good morning. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty creator of our universe and loving father of us all, teach us the right paths to go through in life. Teach us the right way. Place a star for us to follow, knowing the path leads to you. We remember through all of our faults that you are our teacher. And day by day we continue to try, maybe not shine, but try to be better people, to be humble, to be kind, and follow the right path. We thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, who has taken all of our sins, renewed us to be more humble and loving like he is, so we can be walking examples of your image. Guide us in these coming weeks. We thank you, Lord, for giving us this moment and this time to devote your grace and to show how magical you really are. Our prayers remain with Israel and Palestine, for Ukraine and for Russia, and for all the countries that are at war with others or even with themselves. So many people injured, bereaved, or just lost. We pray your will will take them through the path to mercy. We pray for our politicians to find common ground to focus on the interests of everyone in our nation. Let them find a resolution and unity to, to continue the work of Parliament. We continue to pray for His Majesty the King, for his family who will be saddened by his sudden illness. We entrust them into your comforting arms to find contentment and strength to let his majesty recover. Our thoughts are still with the Princess of Wales too as she recovers from her operation. Our prayers continue to be close to our hearts as we pray for our own families and our friends, nurturing them to envisage the full strength of your glory. We pray for our minister, the Reverend Gary McIntyre, to continue his amazing work and commitment to the church and to the community. Let his light shine before men to see the good works and to glorify our Father who is in heaven. We extend our prayers to the Kirk Session to follow their calling to Christ by serving this church. We pray you continue to guide them to be true and to be sure. We pray for ourselves. Give us the fullness we require to carry on day by day with the troubles of the modern world, the bickering, the lies, the deceitfulness of others, the pain, the rain, and the cloudy weather. Please help us rejoice in the sun and in the bright blue skies, the green grass freshly cut, the beautiful rivers running through our land, our best friends and family that love us. Help us remember all the wonderful things you give us in this world. Help us remember that we are never alone. Finally, Father, as Jesus said when he came to Galilee, time, this time has arrived. The kingdom of God is upon you. Repent and believe in the gospel. Lord, give us the courage to repent to walk out our churches on a Sunday and teach the workings of your Son by believing in the Gospel. Preaching the Word of God, the Kingdom of God is upon us. The Kingdom of God is upon us. Let's repent and believe in the Gospel. We do this in your name. Amen. Let us now join together in our next hymn, Hymn 21. Lord, teach me all your ways to the tune Gerlock Side.
a man who was up to no good walked into a church and told the priest to give him some money. The priest panicked and desperately searched through his pockets. Trembling in fear, he said to the man, I don't have any money, but I can give you a cigarette. The man replied, No, you're okay, Father. I've given up smoking for Lent. <laughs> Lent. This is a time when many people give something up. I wonder if any of you have given something up. Some people give up eating chocolate. Some abstain from drinking alcohol. Some give up social media. And some, it is said, give up complaining. I wonder what the hardest thing to give up is. While I personally recognize there is much to be gained from giving something up in this season, and that an exercise in self-discipline is indeed beneficial, I also believe there's an opportunity in these days for us to be proactive, that rather than give something up, we could instead commit to doing something more. We could, for example, do voluntary work or give to charity. What about dropping off a food donation to start up Stirling? We could spend more time in prayer and in reading the Scriptures. We could, and this is what I'm doing, reflect again on the fruits of the Spirit as they are listed by St. Paul and endeavour to let these be evident in our lives. And what are the fruits of the Spirit? I had to remind myself. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Plenty there to be getting on with. In today's reading from Mark's Gospel, we find Jesus in the wilderness. Just before it, he had been baptized in the Jordan, and it was at that point that he heard God speak to him, You are my beloved Son, with you I am very pleased. What Jesus' thoughts at that point were, we are not told. But I think it would be safe to say that he would have realized that things were moving up a gear that he was about to begin in earnest the work he had been sent to do. But first, he had to prepare. And hence, he was led by the Spirit, the same Spirit that had descended on him like a dove, led him into the wilderness, <clears throat> where he was to remain for some forty days. Preparation. Preparation is important. Indeed, it can be key to succeeding in whatever task we have to do. Most of us, prior to sitting an exam, will recall preparing hard in advance in the hope that we would at least pass the exam. Likewise, when it comes to planting seeds in the ground, gardeners tell us we'll get a much better result if we cultivate and feed the soil first. And the same is true of learning to drive. To pass your test, there is the theory part of the process, and then there's the actual driving, spending hours 
behind the wheel learning what to do and what not to do. I recall only a couple of driving lessons with my father. Let's just say they were tense. <laughs> he did not have an abundance of the fruit of the Spirit labeled patience. <laughs> Compared to the other gospel writers, Mark is succinct in what he tells us. He doesn't go into detail the way that Matthew and Luke and John do. Instead, he tells us what he thinks is important for us to know. Jesus went into the wilderness to prepare. While there, he was tempted by the devil, a formidable adversary, if ever there was one. And he was among wild beasts. What a grueling experience it must have been. But, and this is very important, we are told something else, something significant. Angels attended to his needs. In today's psalm, we find the writer reflecting on his life. One gets the impression he has known times of real testing, that he also had what one might deem wilderness experiences. And during these experiences, he did something that helped him. He called to mind God's goodness and faithfulness. And in the most trying of times, he reflected on God's unfailing love and tender care. But what's the point of this psalm for us today? Well, it's this. No matter what temptations we face, no matter what our wilderness experiences may be, and we all have them, financial, material, physical, or emotional burdens can press upon us at any time, yet even in the wilderness, God is there to help us and to strengthen us. Even in that barren and desolate place where we feel so very much on our own, God is there to teach us His ways. I wonder if deep down we believe that to be true. There is a question to ponder as we journey through this season of Lent. Do we really believe that in the darkest of times God is there? I came across these words recently one of the adversary's most useful schemes is to keep Christians focusing on their problems and struggles rather than on God's provision. There is truth in these words. One of the adversary's most useful schemes is to keep Christians focusing on their problems and struggles rather than on God's provision. Isn't it true that so often 
we can focus on the negative rather than the positive. Isn't it true there are days when we think of what we have not managed to do? Rather than finding satisfaction in what we have managed to do, we can often be unkind to ourselves. God doesn't want that. And isn't it true that we can allow an unkind comment by someone to fester in our minds and forget the kind things that others have said? At the Lenten Bible study on Thursday, and I do commend the studies to you, one of my colleagues said something that struck a chord with me. He said this, I find it easier to forgive others than to forgive myself. He's not alone in that, is he? We all have our problems and struggles. But I've got to be honest, friends. There are things that weigh heavily upon each one of us. And at times, love, life can be really tough. And temptation can be very real. But let's take heart from knowing that even in the wilderness, that most hostile and barren of places, God sent his angels to attend to Jesus' needs. And so it is with you and with me. I wonder if you know what Scottish island is referred to as the Queen of the Hebrides. I think the church officer will know. But I tell you, it's Isla. Isla, which lies just south of Jura and not far from the promised land. <laughs> you know where that is. I've trained you well. Kintyre. Well, last August, I was over on Isla for a few days and I asked my friends there if they would take me to two cemeteries. You should have seen the look on their faces. It was priceless. Indeed, one said, do you not spend enough time in cemeteries? But I had good reason for making my request. One cemetery I wanted to visit was Kilnoughton Cemetery, close to Port Ellen. There, in that peaceful spot, lie the remains of the Reverend Angus Morrison and his wife, Isabel. They lived to a very good age and died only a month apart in 2022. And I stayed with Angus and Isabel in the spring of 1992, almost at the end of my studies, and when candidates for the ministry at that time did what was called the trials for license. The Morrisons were exceptionally kind to me, and I wanted to go and pay my respects at their grave, which I did. Now, the other cemetery that I wanted to visit, and by the way, we enjoyed a very fine lunch in between the two cemeteries, <laughs> which I paid for. <laughs> I thought I better. But the other cemetery was the lovely, delightful cemetery that surrounds the historic Round Church in 
Bow Mower. And there lie the remains of the Reverend Donald Caskey. Many of you might be familiar with the name. He was the son of a crofter, and he was born in Isla in 1902. And he was minister of the Scots Kirk in Paris during the Second World War. He was quite a remarkable man, and I salute him because courageously he denounced the evils of Nazism from the pulpit. And he helped up to 500 soldiers, sailors, and airmen to escape from occupied France. In so doing, he put his own life in jeopardy. And he was arrested and interrogated on a number of occasions, though he was often able to confound his interrogators by his ability to speak Gaelic. <laughs> Years later, Caskey acknowledged how fearful he had been at times. But he said he drew great strength from his faith. And he made reference in this interview that he gave to the 22nd paraphrase, which is based on Isaiah chapter 40. We sang it a few weeks ago. Art thou afraid? His power shall fail. Now, listen again to these words. He gives the conquest to the weak, supports the fainting hearts, and courage in the evil hour his heavenly aids imparts. There's an echo there of today's gospel. Angels attended to his needs. And then hear this. Mere human power shall fast decay and youthful vigor cease. But they who wait upon the Lord in strength shall still increase. As we embark on our journey through Lent, and as we reflect on Jesus' time in the wilderness, and our own wilderness experiences, let these words speak to us, for they impart a wonderful and eternal truth. A truth the psalmist experienced as he reflected the highs and lows of his own life, and a truth our Lord experienced when having been led into the wilderness, he was tempted by Satan. But all the while, all the while, he was attended to by angels. Lent, a season to give something up, a time to do something more. It is a time to reflect on our own journey through life and our journey of faith and to be strengthened again by the knowledge that at all times God is there. His strength is available to us and that strength will help us to endure, to wrestle, to fight and to pray and at the last to win the well-fought day. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let's take a moment in the quiet to reflect on God's unfailing love and tender care.
Amen. Our closing hymn is hymn 515. My goodness me, isn't it a wonderful morning? It's great to see the sun coming in there. Just a lovely day altogether. Hymn 515, Soldiers of Christ Arise and Boot Your Armour On. May the strength of God sustain you. May the power of God protect you. May the love of God surround you. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you all, now and forevermore.